You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And this is our number two of The uh, Rob Carson Show, and much to get on to. Uh, here's the number, 800 922 Six six eight zero. It is. Uh, it's been an exhausting day for me so far. <laughs> uh, uh, been in the studio since about six a.m. Uh, a lot of things on the plate, doing a TV show and whatnot. But you know what? I love what I do for a living. So uh, you know, we're bringing both barrels today. Uh, lots of stuff with regard to um, what happened uh, or what is happening with these uh, indictments of Donald Trump. We know that Fawny Willis uh, paid her lover. $600,000, almost $700,000 over the last three years to uh, to prosecute Donald Trump, even though he has never prosecuted a felony before. And apparently what he used all the money for was for them to uh, travel all over the world, go to the Bahamas and stuff. And, uh, and, and of course, it, it obviously shows that uh, uh, that is, I mean, that's illegal. That could send her to jail. But then also there's this coordination of all of these indictments. It's very clear this is a political hit job. This is a third world political hit job. I'm assuming it's kind of like what happened to Bolsonaro in uh, Brazil, because that was a political hit job. That was a rigged election. I could say that, you see. Uh, I can't be censored for talking about the, the Brazilian election. You know, I can only be told that my thoughts are disinformation and misinformation when I talk about the 2020 election. So <laughs> there is uh, there is that. So uh, also um, the uh, Eric Adams, Eric Adams. I mean, I, I don't think he's a particularly intelligent man. Uh, if you don't believe me, just listen to him talk. But uh, he is recognizing the reality of New York being too damned expensive for people to live And for those who want to save more of what they earn, leaving New York is your best bet. And I hate that because I, I, you know, I only started going to New York City a couple of years ago. It is a spectacular place. It really is. It's it's something like I've never experienced before. I mean, I guess really the biggest city. And I spent a lot of time in L.A. and uh, spent some time in uh, Dallas and, you know, the larger cities. But Chicago, I remember going to Chicago. You stand there on Michigan Avenue and the Miracle Mile and you look at all these high rises that go on for a mile and they're, you know, whatever. In New York, there's like 12 of those. <laughs> in Manhattan, there's like 12 of them. And you literally can look down and just see 60, 80, 90 story buildings or more for a mile. It's spectacular. It is. And, and, and like so many things, so many uh, Democrat-run areas, uh, they're being driven into crap by the people who are in charge of them. And it's a shame because, you know, California is Eden on Earth. I mean, I, I watch, you know, I watch a lot of HGTV with my wife, you know. And, and you see these, it's just, it's beautiful. You see these uh, gorgeous uh, Greek, almost look like the Greek Isles in some of these neighborhoods. And, and you know, it's beautiful. And then because Gavin Newsom is in charge and the Democrats have been charged forever, you'd be insane to move there. I mean, honestly, you would be insane to move there. Because all you're going to do is you're going to get shaken down for every ounce of tax money you can give. You're going to get abused by a government that uh, cares more about illegals than they do for you. 
and uh, and then you're going to get over-regulated to the point where you can't you, you know you can't even turn your uh, sprinkler on for five minutes without uh, the the authorities arriving. So you know this is this is what socialism does. This is what top-down control does. It makes life miserable. And, and like, I don't know, Cuba, you know, and like uh, Mexico, uh, people are fleeing to, to get away from bad governance. And that's why so many people are leaving California. And there's no doubt about it. Gavin Newsom could sit there with his greasy, fake smile and, and pretend like, oh, no, we're the number one this and that. and yeah, 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 yeah. He, it, it's, He's blowing it. California, I, I would not, and I would have... Years ago, I mean, I would have loved to live in California. Would have, it's a beautiful. I got friends who moved out to California years ago. There's no way. There's no way. That, there's no way that I would move to California now. I don't care if you pay me, you know, fifty million dollars. Well, maybe no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't move to California. Just don't want to live there. And it's a damn shame. It really is. Letitia James visited Joe Biden's White House several times amid the Trump witch, witch hunt. Letitia James. Yeah, you, you, you may recall uh, Letitia James. Letitia James, uh, she basically said that when she became the uh, AG for the state of New York, that she was going to go after Donald Trump. Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. We need to focus on Donald Trump. We need to follow his money. What is fueling my soul right now is Trump. Wait, you have a soul? How would it work if uh, Michelle Obama decided to run and, and your promise, if you're going to be the AG of a, of a state, was, I am going to go after Michelle and Barack Obama? I don't have any uh, thing in mind with exactly, I don't have any evidence, I don't have any charges ready, but I am going to use the power of my office just to go after somebody I hate politically. How, how do you suppose that would work out? The racist, racist, racist. Lysia James, by the way, has bumped up the amount of money that she wants Donald Trump to pay for supposedly overinflating his property values from two hundred and fifty to three hundred and seventy million dollars. This is this is Hugo Chavez. This is Hugo Chavez. Uh, ban the Trumps from running New York business for good. Honestly, do you want to kill New York? Ban Trump and the Trump Organization from buying commercial real estate in New York for for five years. Uh, yeah, I mean these are, these are all this is a witch hunt. This is something that we've never seen. That somebody would you know like like I remember years ago I watched Hugo Chavez when he was in uh, Venezuela, which is now a crap hole from hell. Where where literally a few years ago the number one restaurant in Caracas was the zoo. Because people are so desperate for food, they'd go and uh, go into the zoo and kill animals to eat them. And that's not a joke. That literally happened. They sounded like Joe Biden. That's not a joke. It's not a joke. But it is. And, and I remember him walking down the street. Might have been with John Stossel or so. I don't know what the hell it was. And he'd just go, appropriate, appropriate. And then he'd send his minions into that business and say, the government is now taking over your business. That's all he had to do. And, and that's what Letitia James is doing with Donald Trump's hard-earned fortune. And Donald Trump has, has employed thousands, tens of thousands of New Yorkers, paid billions of dollars in taxes. And why in the hell would anybody do business in New York uh, because of this? And then there's this. Trump has been banned from speaking in his own defense in a closing argument at the New York trial. This is unheard of, that a man cannot 
stand in front of his accuser and tell his story. This, honestly, this will be overturned. And the, uh, how do I put this? Arthur Ingram. This bastard Arthur Ingram is going to have to be removed from the bench. Uh, This is, this, honestly, this should be criminal. So he's been barred from speaking in his own defense. Um, his business empire is on the line. They want 370. I just out of nowhere, just, you know, just, it was 250. Now they want 370. Uh, an attorney for Trump informed our Ingeron earlier this week that the ex-president wished to speak during the closing arguments. And Ingeron originally approved the plan. Then he rescinded it. It's extremely uh, unusual for defendants who have lawyers to speak on their own behalf. But he was going to do it. He was going to do it. What's he afraid of? Then he said that Trump would have to stick to what attorneys say in closing arguments, which includes commentary of the relevant material facts that are in evidence and application of the relevant law to those facts. He was going to censor Donald Trump. Trump's attorney, Christopher Keiss, told Ingeron that those limitations were unfair and the ex-president could not agree to them. That's when Ingeron says, okay, can't talk then. Unbelievable. Um, What else here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So not only doing his closing arguments, uh, and then also... Note this, Donald Trump's sister died a few weeks ago, and then his mother-in-law just passed away. The, uh, the, wife, the mother of, uh, of his wife uh, passed away, and uh, the, uh, the lawyer for President Trump requested to postpone the closing arguments uh, because of that. And uh, Ingeron responded, responded to the, uh, the request by saying with an, with an insincere, sorry to the, hear the bad news, and denied it. Uh, honestly, there are no words. There are no words for this. This is uh, Stephen Miller last night. One of my, I love it. It's always Miller time for Rob Carson. Stephen Miller last night on uh, Eric Bowling's show talking about these cases and, uh, and this uh, obvious political uh, indictment. And all of them are. You cannot have a case where an allegedly compromised individual is holding the entire state's legal system hostage as well as holding the entire nation hostage when that individual is under the cloud of such profound and such deeply egregious allegations. Of- now, you know, the, the other thing that bothers me the most, I mean, you expect uh, Joe Scarborough and uh, Yoko Brzezinski to uh, be down with this, you know, and you expect them to caterwaul and lie and propagandize and all of that stuff. Um, but, uh, but, you know, We've got candidates who are running against Donald Trump in the primary who are silent on this. And so Nikki Haley will put her desire to be in the White House ahead of what is clearly an abuse of our justice system. And, and uh, you know, this is, this is remarkably tone deaf. And same way with Ron DeSantis. I think, it, I think it's character. I think it is a very serious exposition of flaws of their characters. Records reveal Fonnie Willis visited the White House just days after the Georgia grand jury recommended indictments in the garbage trunk Rico, Trump Rico case. So we know that uh, uh, Willis' uh, alleged lover, Nathan Wade, met with the White House counsel multiple times in 2022 before the Trump indictment on bogus charges. Willis hired Wade as a special prosecutor in 2021 and financially benefited from their relationship. 
Yeah, according to the Atlanta urinal constipation. There I see. You wanted me to say it, I'll say it. But it turns out Willis flew up to D.C., met with the White House on February 28th, 2023, just last year. The record shows that one of the individuals she met with was none other than Kamala Harris. Yeah. Unbelievable. In August, Willis would allow, would follow through on the grand jury's recommendation uh, and uh, hit Trump and 18 others with RICO and conspiracy charges for daring to challenge a 2020 election. 41 charges in all. Unbelievable. And then you've got, uh, oh, the, the, the Biden White House worked with the National Archives to provide the FBI with special access to Trump's presidential records. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, the the special prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia case that's funny uh, against uh, uh, against President uh, Trump sent an invoice to the district attorney, which included charges for meetings with Biden White House officials. The revelation comes after Nathan Wade, the special prosecutor, came under scrutiny because of court filings, which led the, the two have been doing a little about chicka bow. And just the news found that the Biden White House worked to facilitate special access to the FBI for the FBI to 15 boxes of Trump presidential documents that had uh, returned to the National Archives. That's coordination and collaboration, guys. Yeah. Shows the special prosecutor met on at least one occasion with Biden's White House counsel. Wade indicated the meeting was a part of his travel plans to Athens, Georgia, May 23rd, 2022. Yeah. This is um, third world, third world stuff. Third world stuff. Uh, the uh, one of uh, the defendants in Trump's uh, uh, in this case, uh, uh, Donald Trump, Ashley Babbitt, one of the one of the defendants, uh, filed a motion calling for the court to dismiss the criminal charges against her client, arguing that uh, she never had the authority to appoint the special prosecutor and pay him seven hundred dollars for a little bow chicka bow, yeah. Wade started his special prosecutor contract with Willis the day before he filed for divorce. <laughs> wow. So, so as soon as he filed for divorce, then she hired him. And then they started, this was November 2021. Willis hired Wade to prosecute Trump and has paid $654,000 in legal fees while they were, uh, you know, doing the, you know, you know, you know. The uh, White House also facilitated the criminal probe by the Justice Department into his predecessor by waiving executive privilege claims and directly requesting the National Archives to provide the FBI access to documents delivered by Trump to the agency. White House counsel Jonathan Sue worked closely with the DOJ, FBI, the National Archives, and former President Trump returned 15 boxes which contained classified materials which were shared, of course. And then, of course, there's this. I know it gets a little, a little thick here. Actually, I'll have to say this because we've got to take a break. But uh, the January 6th committee is also involved as well to take down Donald Trump. Yeah, that's coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. He said, uh, can Chris Christie apply for unemployment from CNN? <laughs> well, I think he would have done that a while ago. 
but uh, apparently, he, the one thing he could do is he could be a body double in the next edition of Willy Wonka. He could do the post-blueberry wallpaper Violet Beauregard. You know, when she starts to swell up, uh, could be doing that. Oh, yeah, fat joke. Whatever. I know they're easy. I, made, I got made fun of for being fat when I was in elementary school for like, you know, I don't know, about seven or eight years. So uh, we need to play our Letitia James theme song. Letitia James. Why are you fan and flame? Your suit against Trump is a travesty. You're a hack with a law degree. You should hang your head in shame, Letitia James. She wants 370 from Trump. Letitia James. Unbelievable. Needs to stop playing games. Her farts will backfire soon. And she'll look like a big buffoon. Need and the New York will put the blame on Letitia James. Needs to hire a boyfriend or something. Letitia James. Your suit against Donald Trump is a waste of time. Listen up, I got some news. You got no case, you're gonna lose. <laughs> I hope Trump County sues Letitia James. Letitia James. You know, I remember. Thinking that that the the judicial system wasn't you know corrupt, I thought it'd be like our savior um, from uh, political malfeasance and whatnot. And, and now I realize that the judicial system is just as bleeped as the well current executive, and uh, it is remarkable. It is uh, it is the elect and Congress too. I mean, all of them, all of them they need to clean house. Need to clean house and Senate. <laughs> oh, also this uh, Fulton County DA, Fawny Willis, who is uh, doing a little bouncing about with her boyfriend, paid him seven hundred thousand uh, dollars. Wait a minute, wasn't it Hunter Biden that spent like six hundred eighty thousand dollars in two years on uh, prostitutes and whoring? Right? What did right? Oh, kind of similar, I guess, some degree. So anyway, um, uh, she uh, colluded. Uh, with the Democrat-run January 6th committee to obtain tips that would help her prosecute Donald Trump. So the uh, the Jan 6th committee was involved. So not only the President of the United States, this is all being run out of uh, out of the deep state Democrats. Liz Cheney, also that. And uh, 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 Benny Thompson had previously described staff-level contacts between his panel and the Fulte, Fulton County prosecutors. Thompson told reporters he wasn't aware of how extensive those contacts were, sure. Thompson told Politico that he did not know about the in-person visits that were going on. Unbelievable. And you're not buying it either, right? I know you aren't. I know you aren't. This is uh, Garrett Ziegler. He's a former, uh, 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 I guess, uh, associate of Donald Trump. Yeah, associate of Donald Trump talking last night about uh, uh, Fonny. And uh, in that case, so we just went through the filing that Mike Roman made in the Fulton County case, and it just so happened that we're the nerds who went through all 150 pages in the PDF <laughs> and found these two line items. Anybody with an internet connection could have found them. But yeah. what's interesting is the 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 philandering is obviously immoral, likely criminal under Georgia statute in that she's supervising somebody she's in a relationship with. It's yeah. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And she didn't get the approval to, uh, to hire him. He's basically like a contractor, a special <laughs> category. Yeah. But, Handyman. But I think the most critical thing is that 
beyond just this criminality, Wade has never prosecuted a felony before. It's somebody who's completely... <laughs> He's like a male bimbo. ...inexperienced. He has no business doing this. He He's it's somebody, so like you said, would, would be found on a billboard. He's a billboard yeah. attorney. Nothing against them. They have to make a living. Yeah. I just don't think they should be prosecuting a former president. Yeah, well, he's a slip and fall lawyer. Slip and fall, I guess, you know, which describes a good weekend with uh, Letitia James. <laughs> uh, not Letitia James, uh, Fonnie Willis. All right, so I want to move on here. We've got uh, Eric Adams, the mayor in New York, is sounding a lot like a conservative. The World Economic Forum has its word of the year as well in our hero of the week. You're going to like this story. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. This is not an EV, and it never will be. So they can't sell EVs, right, because nobody wants them. And now the Biden administration, they are uh, requesting instead of the, the $7,500 uh, tax rebate or, you know, a uh, credit you get at the end of the year where you can say, I bought a crappy EV, yay, $7,500. Apparently, they're asking the dealership to give that as a discount. And then they reimburse the dealership. That's what the federal government is doing. So, so literally, if you buy a $70,000 EV, you're going to save $7,500. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of, of EVs are uh, sitting on lots, and uh, and you don't see a lot of used EVs in lots because people don't want to buy a used EV. You know why? Because you can't trust the battery. They don't know how much le- is left on that battery. They don't know. You know, maybe they one of those big one of those big battery check things like my wife has. It's not that big. It's you just put the little D battery in there, and it goes weak little needle on there. It says how much battery life is in there. Uh, but yeah, they just. Um, you know, they're commuter cars. That's, that's fine. That's fine. You know what? Actually, you're going to be surprised. I would never want a gas mower, a uh, gas lawnmower. Certainly would not want a gas riding lawnmower. Honestly, honestly. Uh, leave your, I mean, leave your male anatomy at the, at the hardware store if you buy one of those. Because seriously, an electric riding lawnmower. Sure, whatever. Anyway, uh, but, but I, I kind of want a, an electric Sawzall. I've got a, I've got a Sawzall. Uh, so it's called a reciprocate, re- reciprocating saw. I've got a lot of tools because I, I do all my own home improvement. And, uh, and I saw one last night on the old HGTV. And, uh, and I kind of want an electric sawzall, a cordless sawzall. Although I will tell you, your best, your best drill, if you want a uh, you know, heavy-duty drill, probably want to go with the corded electric. I mean, some of those uh, electrics have some nice torque. Uh, I am yet to find one that has the capacity of a, of a plug-in electric drill. But uh, again, back to the uh, EVs. Nope, never, never, never. Golf carts or commuter cars. Um, this is kind of interesting. Eric Adams is, uh, is uh, I guess, becoming a conservative. And uh, he, of course, is not willing to say to the Biden administration, shut the southern border. He just wants more money to further inconvenience his, uh, his uh, citizens. And, and by the way, they were out last night. The Bro- Brooklyn residents are mad because the, uh, the, uh, the city of New York decided to take these uh, illegals out of this uh, camp that they'd been put in for $20,000 a piece at a, uh, at a park in, uh, in uh, New York. And so it was raining and everything, and that's not a very good camp out for $20,000 per illegal that this NGO that runs is, is getting, which is, I mean, uh, obviously ridiculous. So they had to move them. And so the city of New York decided to move them to a Republican district and put them up in a school there and, and send all the kids home so the illegals 
could uh, could go and, and and be in the school and listen to the listen to the parents. They weren't real, real happy about it. And what this says to the entire country is that our government, Democrats, value illegals, not illegally, not vetted, more than their citizenry. It should be very clear to you by now. If it isn't, honestly, what are you smoking? The same stuff that uh, Hunter's smoking, I guess. So Eric Adams was on a uh, Capitol press room on WCNY. WCNY. Yeah, public radio for your home. I don't even know what WCNY is. But anyway, WCNY, a Capitol press room. And uh, and he was asked about uh, state tax policy. And and apparently, and listen, he even uses a number that uh, I know Rush Limbaugh has used before, uh, any conservative in good standing has ever used, and that is that, uh, you know, the top 2 or 3% of people in the country pay the most taxes. Now, listen to Eric Adams on taxes and, and what high taxes is doing to the state of New York. Well, when you, when you look at it, we are one of the uh, highest tax states. Uh, in the country uh, outside of uh, California. And you have to find the right balance. Uh, the last numbers that I checked uh, in New York City in general, uh, 2% of uh, New York has paid 51% of our... No, wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. I had heard that the rich don't pay any taxes. And the rich do not pay their fair share. I, I'll hold on. i got to back that up. That he must be quoting the wrong number or something. And you have to find the right balance. Uh, the last numbers that I checked uh, in New York City in general, yeah. uh, 2% of uh, New York has paid 51% of our uh, taxes. That's not the lower class, by the way. That's not people making under $30,000 a piece or anything. That's the, that's the people who are making the big money. Uh, we're seeing a hemorrhaging of not only working class people, uh, but, you know, we're concerned about uh, losing that high tax base because that tax pay- base pays for our police officers, our teachers, huh? our firefighters. No, 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 wait, wait, hold again, again, hold on, hold on, hold on. We are told that the wealthy do not pay their fair share. How is it possible that the police and everybody are being paid by these people? Uh, it keeps our street, streets clean, and so she must find the right balance uh, with the leaders in Albany, uh, of how do we uh, come to an economic understanding without hurting our long-term plan and our long-term tax base? Well, the first thing that Kathy Hochul would have to do is pull her head out of her rear end. That would be the first thing. Uh, and then uh, have some sort of miraculous enlightenment and also an intelligence transplant. And I don't, I have a funny feeling her body would reject that. So... You know, and that's it should be obvious. And I have said before that if, if the United States divided, I'm not talking civil war, I'm just, I'm just, you know, for an example, the United States divided, all of the leftists and socialists go over to one side of the country, and all of the conservatives and the America first and the low tax, low regulation people go on the other side. The left would be streaming over the border to the right in minutes. It would, it would take it would, it literally weeks, and they'd go, we, we can't do this. But right now what happens is you've got people streaming out of, you know, places like California, streaming out of New York. A lot of them are bringing their politics with them. Uh, I've used the analogy of Democrats being the aliens from Independence Day. What they do is they move in, they devour all the resources, and destroy everything, and then move on. That's what Democrats are. 
but fortunately, um, uh, some of them are actually escaping those states and not screwing them up. Uh, places like Austin, Texas, you know, they are harbingers of radical leftism in a sea of people who are otherwise freedom-loving, low taxes, gun carry, and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, and that's why crime is much higher in places like Austin. But uh, you can look at California. Listen to this. California is facing a $37 billion budget crisis as Gavin Newsom is proposing slashing, are you ready for this? Climate change programs. Why would you do that? It's an existential threat. If you cut climate change programs, everybody is going to die. The sea levels are gonna are gonna go through the ceiling. Uh, the the you know we're all gonna drown. Uh, there are gonna be all sorts of crazy storms and uh, and all. Why would you do that? And also clean energy spending for the state. That's insane. That should be the last thing you cut because it's gonna destroy everything if we do that. Now it, it says here the nonpartisan legislative analyst office predicted that California's budget deficit would be sixty eight billion dollars. Newsom said it's lower. And here's what's going on. So trimming $8.5 billion from programs, deferring some spending to the future, kind of what they do with NFL contracts is what they, is what they do there. Uh, Newsom vowed to not roll uh, back his previous major spending accomplishments, including free kindergarten for all four-year-olds and free health insurance for all low-income adults, regardless of their immigration status. I would recommend that if you are in Texas or Florida and illegals, everybody goes to California. Everybody goes to California. He wants the legislature to continue uh, delaying a planned minimum wage increase. What? What? I thought that was going to make everything great and business was going to grow. Why would you do that? So a planned minimum wage increase for health care workers in years when there isn't enough money in the budget to pay for it. Something he said lawmakers agreed to in advance before he signed the law last year. Newsom has been uh, mentioned as a future presidential candidate. Sure, because he's really good looking and he's got greasy hair and uh, really nice, pretty white teeth, teeth caps. Uh, gonna uh, Proposing cutting $2.9 billion in climate change spending. <gasps> Gasp, shriek. Including $40 million from a program that helps local and regional governments fight the impacts of extreme heat. Gets hot. And $23.5 million for a pilot program to deploy zero-emission trunks that transport goods from ports. And those will be worthless, by the way. Because as soon as you put a payload on an EV, the, uh, the, the towing capacity, the, uh, the, the distance between charges decreases dramatically. It's never going to work. That's good. And also the batteries probably weigh about half of the payload of the tractor trailer. Like 16,000 pounds is how much the batteries weigh in a tractor trailer. The government also plans to postpone until 2728 some $600 million in spending for programs to help motorists replace gas vehicles. Well, why do they need help? Well, if you love them so much, go out and buy your own damn uh, electric vehicle. Uh. Yeah, this is, uh, let's see, we've got a, a, some audio I want to play for me. Yeah, here, here is the report about California's massive deficit uh, caused by 
uh, Gavin Newsom. And people, by the way, moving out of the state because it's too damned expensive to live there. This year is going to be an extremely challenging year. Many are bracing for budget cuts as California faces an estimated $68 billion shortfall, according to a December report from the Legislative Analyst's Office, or the LAO. We knew there was going to be a deficit, LAO. but the magnitude of LAO. that deficit, I think, took everyone by surprise. Wednesday is the deadline for Governor Gavin Newsom to announce his 2024-2025 budget in anticipation of his spend less on hair gel proposal and the months of budget negotiations ahead at the state capitol the california school boards association is weighing in on the options the lao outlined for education funding they mentioned the possibility of the lao like lmfao because that's what i'm doing at california that's but uh, we appreciated that they also mentioned that there are other avenues other other areas that we can explore uh to try and uh, make ends how about no health care for illegal Meet in the budget without direct cuts. or housing or anything. That's like dipping into the reserve for education, which has a balance of more than eight billion dollars. Yeah, let's go ahead and punish those kids too. And cutting program funding that hasn't yet been allocated to schools. The Democratic Assembly budget <laughs> kind of promise you something and then take it away before you get it. Budget chair has said he's <laughs> confident lawmakers can craft a budget that preserves classroom funding. And Republican Senate Budget Vice Chair Roger Nilo is hopeful too. I would hope uh, that they impact. Why in the hell would you be hopeful if you're a Republican in California? And education would be the very minimum. Uh, we do have a $68 billion deficit, so it has to come from somewhere. To the extent that it doesn't come from some of the education spending, it would have to come from somewhere else. And uh, we'll see how the governor views those priorities. What a joke. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, making Eden into Venezuela. And then listen to this. A California hospital slammed as illegal immigration costs are soaring. Some hospitals in Southern California struggling with an influx of illegals amid the border crisis while American patients are enduring longer wait times for doctor's appointments. Remember what I said about Democrats caring more about illegals than they do for you and me? They're literally putting off VA appointments for veterans so they can cover the expenses of illegals. Seriously, it's happened. It's happening. Severely injured illegal migrants are often rescued by helicopter, flown into uh, hospitals. Uh, they're falling off the wall. They're flown. They're never put in the back of an ambulance. Uh, helicopter rescue costs about 30 k They can't pay for it. Our health system is so overwhelmed. And then add on top that uh, the cost of, I don't know, tuberculosis and other diseases from all over the world. We had tuberculosis kind of licked. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is remarkable. It is uh, remarkable. Uh, not everybody can speak the language of these patients. That makes it even worse. You know, um, the others uh, uh, are American patients as well as taxpayers who are ultimately, ultimately footing the bill. VA patients usually wait for months to be seen by a specialist, while illegal, illegal, illegal migrants who just crossed the border are seen in the same week. I've seen it firsthand. This according to a Border Patrol official. Uh, we hear from VA patients all day, every day. When Border Patrol agents bring patients to the hospital, there's an air of secrecy that follows them. No one is allowed to talk to the media or public about why they are there or how they got there. We keep them in this bubble of protection, which is the wrong approach. We should let the public public know unbelievable how does it feel to be a second class or third class citizen in your own country the country where you pay too much of your income in taxes it's remarkable coming up i've got something uh, pretty pretty interesting uh, you know i've been talking about how comedians are the greatest disruptors in uh, in the history of the world and and i'll explain what i mean and i'll give you an example 
because uh, some congressional leaders are are uh, going to target the tax exempt status of Harvard, Cornell, MIT, and UPenn. I'll explain. I'll tie it all together after the break. This is the Rob Carson Show. It's not sustainable for our country. We have millions and millions of people here. It is not sustainable. Did you see in New York City where they're getting the regular students out and they're putting migrants in their place? We are going to have the largest deportation effort in the history of our country. We're bringing everybody back to where they came from. We have no choice. We have no choice. There you go. There you go. That's Donald Trump at the uh, town hall last night that he uh, he was competing with the debate uh, featuring two people. <laughs> uh, Nikki Haley and, uh, and Ron DeSantis. So uh, congressional leaders now targeting the tax-exempt status of uh, four prestigious universities, Harvard, Cornell, MIT, and UPenn. Uh, House Republicans have uh, launched an investigation into the elite university's alleged failure to adequately provide uh, uh, and protect Jewish students from discrimination and harassment, among other things. This, of course, follows the uh, the uh, testimony on Capitol Hill a couple of weeks ago that caused uh, Claudine Gay, part of the reason why she was let go, uh, that and also she was a major plagiarist who has an original idea in her mind ever. And, of course, the uh, Liz McGill of, uh, of UPenn, and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I have been talking about how uh, comedians have been the greatest disruptors in history. And you think about it, they really are. Uh, that's why I focus on history, because nobody can cut through, I think, as well as somebody who can make a point with humor. And I'm going to use it ex- as an example, somebody who I'm, uh, even though not even close to being like him politically, and that is uh, George Carlin. Uh, George Carlin is a uh, was very liberal, um, uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant comedian. Let me see. If I, I got to find it here. I, I, I just had it here a second here. Carlin, Carlin, Carlin. George Carlin. He uh, and, and a lot of people find out that you know when you listen to Carlin, and a lot of people use Carlin. You see Carlin still being you know going viral for what he said years ago. Listen to what he had to say about the education system, and how true it is. And you can apply it to these universities. Listen to this. It's brilliant. Reason education sucks, and it's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The real owners, the big wealthy businesses huh. that control things and make all the important decisions. Huh. Forget the politicians. Yeah. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. Mm. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the oh, state yeah. houses, the city halls. they got the judges in their back pocket. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you Boom. get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and Listen. less for everybody else. Listen. But I'll tell you what they don't want. What? They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. Yeah, 100%. And, and if you don't believe me, look at, uh, look at America's inner-city schools. Look at, look at cities that are run by Democrats and look at their schools. 
and look at the last 50 years because no matter what amount of money we throw at education, our test scores are going down. No matter what they throw, and it's, I mean, it's as, as expensive as a private school or more to send your kid to public school, and you're not paying for it, but to put a kid in public school in Baltimore, it's more than a private school, and they come out not being able to read and write. You get it now? Yeah, let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is The Rob Carson Show. It is, and this is the last hour of The Rob Carson Show today, anyway. And if you'd like to chime in, it is 800-922-6680. Have you been watching Newsmax? Well, Newsmax is uh, one of the few media outlets you can trust if you're a, a conservative. If you like the truth, uh, I, I watch every day. Uh, Rob Schmidt is must-see TV at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern. And Eric Bowling and Grant Van Susteren, Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is... <clears throat> This I don't know. He just he is something else, man. He's got this. He's got a uh, a delivery that is amazing, and he's covering things that nobody else is covering. It is uh, it's just wonderful. Newsmax Plus is the streaming service from Newsmax. You're not only going to get great shows like Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Rob Carson's What in the World? I hear that's a pretty darn good show. Uh, also, uh, movies, documentaries, history, comedy, among other things. Uh, just go to NewsmaxPlusPLUS.com, NewsmaxPlus.com. Get your free trial and get started. Millions are switching to Newsmax. Oh, we also cover the Trump rallies. We cover the Trump rallies like nobody else, so that's uh, pretty awesome as well. Uh, and I just wrapped all of the taping and hopefully all of the editing for my show this weekend, which is called Rob Carson's What in the World, which is really funny. It's been on, it was a, on a year and a half before Greg Gutfeld's show. I know, I know, I know. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, let's do this real quick. I think this is a, a, a much-needed segment today. Our Hero of the Week is what we're going to do. And now, the Accidental Hero of the Week. I don't know if this is accidental, but I want you to think about this. And, you know, if you're worried about the direction of the country, and, and we all are, at least there are still parents who are raising their kids right and, uh, and some people who are just outstanding. Madison Marsh. Madison Marsh is uh, a fighter pilot. <laughs> She's 22 years old. She's a freaking fighter pilot in the Air Force. Do you know what it? You know what it's like to go through fighter training. I, I have no clue, to be quite honest, but I can't imagine. You know, uh, it's terribly easy. You got to be the top of the top of the top. I've got a I've got a a friend and and his young son, and he is a. I mean, this kid has been driven since day one. He has uh, perfect grades, everything. He wanted to be a pilot. He didn't make it. He didn't make it. He's going to be on a submarine, which is cool. He's going to be given lots of uh, uh, opportunities to grow there. But he, he did not apparently have what it took to be a fighter pilot. There may be some reasons for that. You know, but he's, a, he's an outstanding young man. He's outstanding. Madison Marsh learned to fly. She got her pilot's license at 17. She's now a U.S. Air Force second lieutenant, and uh, she has a coveted place to train as a fighter pilot. And then on the side, she's uh, one of the finalists for Miss America. <laughs> so she just graduated Harvard University, was crowned uh, Miss Colorado, May 2023, just before graduating from the U.S. Air Force Academy and commissioned as an Air Force officer. 
She's an Arkansas native, decided to try competing in pageants as an extracurricular activity while at the USAFA, and will now make a bid for Miss America in Florida on Sunday. I hope she gets it. I think it's pretty amazing. Uh, she loves competing in pageants because they of uh, the uh, community service aspects and public and focus on public speaking. She also applauds how the passion system has evolved, especially in regard toward fitness, among other things. This is an amazing person, a 22-year-old person. This person was born in what? 2001? <laughs> 2001. And she's a fighter pilot. Absolutely amazing. Madison Marsh is her name. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson is worrying that is worried that American exceptionalism is running on fumes, and and I can understand the feeling. And ideology that the U.S. Uh, is better than other nations on Earth is threatened by woke apologetic initiatives that stifle creativity and meritocracy. You know, uh, Barack Obama said, oh, "There are a lot of other countries who think they're exceptional." Well, they think they are, but they've never been as su- successful, or I should say, as exceptional as the United States of America. Don't believe me? Um, let's see. Airplanes, flight, uh, radio. Oh, no, Marconi. I think Marconi was in the United States. But anyway, uh, let's see what else. Oh, flying in the moon, playing golf, uh, rock and roll, blues, jazz. Uh, and I can go on and on and on about, like, everything. The United States, what it has done is I- I- incredible. You, you, okay, this little device you carry in your pocket here, right here. Right? Alexander Graham Bell came up with the first version of this before you could, like, uh, I don't know, do everything that you could possibly dream, like finding anything out about anything, like having the, li- the, uh, the uh, Library of Alexandra, Alexandria times one billion in your pocket and the Internet, you know, other than that, microwave, uh, other than that, you know, the United States hasn't been very exceptional. Victor Davis Hanchard, senior fellow at the Hoover Institution, vacuum cleaners, uh, said that <laughs> people who built the country would struggle under today's government overreach and DEI initiatives tailored to stifle individuality. Of course, it's about equity. Do you suppose that uh, flight would have been discovered had there been equity if the Wright brothers had been kept from going to school or if uh, if the uh, if somebody had uh, been given the Wright brothers uh, has taken the uh, Wright brothers uh, uh, position at school because they had the I don't just use it as an example. He says uh, we still have more talent and wealth than any other nation. We're still the freest nation, but the odds are stacking up against the type of person who made America exceptional. We are running on fumes. The idea of American exceptionalism has been intrinsic to the country's identity since the revolution, based on the rule of law, individual liberty, democracy, social mobility. Yeah, there's that in India. If you are born and your dad is uh, uh, scrounges in garbage heaps, you're going to be doing that the rest of your life. Congratulations, you're a garbage heap scrounger. And the opportunities of building a new nation. It was popularized by the French writer Alexis de Tocqueville, who was astonished at the contrast with Europe on his visits in the 1830s. It was the idea that both, uh, because of its size and constitution, the United States gave people the opportunity to succeed and be rewarded in ways that Europe did not, and it didn't. Paris was around for a thousand years. London around a thousand years. Still pooping in the streets. Yeah, I know. It helped attract waves of migrants, immigrants who left the restrictions of the old world for opportunities of the new and was created by scholars with building the U.S. into an industrial powerhouse and the world's leading superpower. Oh, yeah, we saved the world a couple times last century, too, when some despots uh, tried to take it over. So there is that. 
Hansen says that belief continued through most of the 20th century. It's why we won two world wars and created most of the major inventions from atomic power to the Silicon Valley. American exceptionalism was proven by the great authors, great inventors, great politicians, and great public intellectuals of the last 200 years. But Hansen said the encroachment of federal government has undermined the foundations of that concept citing an expansion to 2 million unelected bureaucrats dedicated to auditing, regulating, and censorship. And he's right. But the, the heart of exceptionalism is still there. And it still beats in millions and millions of us, no matter what they try to do to us. So I'm not giving up. I think we're going to have a turnaround. I really, really do. I think it's, it's well on the way. Well on the way. Um, oh, this is kind of interesting. I want to share this. Uh, the uh, the military, the U.S. military. And normally, I don't like to focus on race. I don't. I don't care. Uh, you know, many of you are veterans. Many of you are injured veterans. Many of you, and I would say, all of you veterans, most of you veterans, didn't care who your brother in arms was, what color they were. It didn't matter. You could be Asian. You could be black. You could be white. You could be whatever. It didn't matter. Because you were Americans. My father was a, a World War II veteran. He served on the Panama Canal, uh, and he volunteered for it. He, you know, he knew we were in a, 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 an existential crisis, and the world was. The world was. And he, uh, and he stepped up. But over the last few years, the U.S. military has struggled to meet recruitment goals of, uh, across all branches, perhaps uh, most of all with the Army. Who's not enlisting in the Army? Uh, white dudes. White dudes are not enlisting in the Army. Yeah. Families which used to encourage young men to enlist are doing uh, in far fewer numbers for reasons which are obvious to many. New woke policies, the vaccine mandates, and the embrace of uh, DEI policies mean white recruits are looked over for advancement in the U.S. military today. All of these factors have all contributed to the decline in white recruits. And this explains the other day when I, when I shared they got a new uh, U.S. Army ad, and it's got this helicopter with these guys who are about ready to repel into a, uh, you know, a, a combat exercise. And I noticed out of nowhere it was no longer about the, the little girl with the two moms getting married and all of that. It was just white guys. Now, I'm not a favor of that. I, I, don't, I don't think you need to just exclusively put white guys in ads, and I think that's actually insulting to every group when you just say, oh, let's just go ahead and uh, make all the, the guys in that helicopter white. That'll get the white guys to sign up. That's just really stupid. You think a white guy would just go, oh, good, yeah, there's all white guys on a helicopter. I guess I better go ahead and sign up. Are you kidding me? You know, my dad didn't sign up because he wanted a career. He didn't, he, you know, my brother David didn't sign up because he was going to get his uh, school paid for. <laughs> you know, he, became, he signed up for the military because he wanted to serve. And, he, and he, didn't, he didn't stay in the military his entire life. He served. Total number of white recruits is down by nearly half in the past five years, from 44,000 white recruits in 2018 to 25,000 in 2023 under Joe Biden and his abusive woke policies and frightening foreign policy. Well, you know, why would you join? Isn't that amazing? It's kind of like uh, an abusive spouse. You know, and, and I speak, not, not me personally, but I watched it growing up. All right? Let's just put it that way. Uh, I was in a home where there with a spouse. The male uh, father figure was abusive. And, and you know, whenever when you, you, you abuse, or when you're somebody like that, you think if you stop the abuse, she'll come back to you. 
and and you know a lot of the times a, a woman will. And I'm not. I don't want to make this debate about. I, listen, I witnessed it. I saw it. I lived it. I get it. But that's kind of the same thing. The U.S. military is like, you know what? You know, I'll just uh, you know, say you can't you can't do anything when you're here. When you are here, I'm going to make you feel guilty about who you are, why you, you were born, call you a white supremacist, call you a racist, uh, not move you up. I'd move you up sooner. I'd you know maybe if you become transgender, I might consider it. But why in the hell would you join? Honestly, why would you join as a, I'll just say, as a caucasoid? Why would you join the military? Why would you go, okay, well, I want to go to the military, and I want to, I want to swear that I will give my life for this country, and while I'm in the military, I'm going to be abused and called names, and I'm going to be told that I suck and that I'm a racist and a white supremacist. And so guys are just saying, you know, screw this. And it's really sad because, you know, military career can be an amazing thing. can be an amazing thing. I would recommend it. Total of 44,000 new Army recruits were categorized by the, series, uh, by the services white 2018. It's dropped consistency, consistently. 6% dip just from 22 to 23. That was the most significant. It's probably after that woke, stupid ad featuring the girl with two moms. In 2018, 56% of new recruits were categorized as white. 2023, 44%. During that same five-year period, <clears throat> black recruits had gone from 20 to 24. Great. Love it. Hispanic recruits, 17 to 24, with both groups seeing largely flat recruiting goals but increasing as a percentage of incoming soldiers as white recruiting has fallen. And now they're running ads to try to convince you to come back to an abusive relationship. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, coming up, we've got um, a, uh, a gender confusion update. You won't believe how much the U.S. is spending on uh, transgender equity. And then also, we haven't talked about Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Dobler today. Our def- <laughs> I'd rather have him as the defense secretary. But there are calls for Lloyd uh, Benson. No, that's not his name. Uh, anyway, there are calls for the defense secretary to step down. That's on the other side of the break, and this is The Rob Carson Show. You know, they say you have a new audience in radio about every 15 minutes. I've got a three-hour show, and I played this a little while ago. This is brand new from Jim Gossett about Hunter Biden just showing up at the congressional hearing to hold him in contempt. Kind of a contemptible thing to do. Hunter Biden is terrified of strong, conservative Republican women. What a coward. Everyone says Hunter was a coward at that hearing. (laughs) He turned tail and ran, cause Hunter is yellow. Meow, meow. Then he remembered the words of his father. His father didn't remember him. This was the request. That it got from Daddy Joe. Promise my son not to tell the things we've done. Keep me out of trouble if you can. I just watched you flee instead of facing Marjorie. I know that you're too dumb to understand. Pretty much. Hunter's son, you'll never be a man. Everyone said Hunter was the coward of the hearing. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant comedy. Jim Gossett, by the way, he's got a Patreon page if you'd like to uh, support him because, you know, being a conservative content provider is not an easy thing to do. And uh, Jim uh, would appreciate it. He, puts all, he put all of his parodies up on a Patreon, Patreon site. It's just Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, look up Jim Gossett Comedy, okay? Listen to this. 
<clears throat> I don't know how this is, but pretty much, I, uh, actually, I do understand because we had about a half a trillion dollars in fraud associated with COVID relief. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, so the, the, the country, the people in charge of the country, the uh, Congressional Budget Office and the uh, Congressional what, uh, Accountability Office, they aren't accountable for anything. But a millionaire con woman, 57, accused of bilking the U.S. Army out of $100 million by stealing cash from military youth programs and splurging them on, check it out, ready, 31 homes worth up to $4 million, supercars including Aston Martins and Ferraris, and luxury globe-trotting trips. Sounds like uh, Fonnie Willis and Hunter Biden a little bit, right? Millionaire con woman been accused of uh, bilking. Her name is uh, Janet Mello. Mello, everybody. Took military funds, spent them uh, millions of dollars on jewelry, clothing, luxury vehicles. She worked for U.S. Army at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio. 2016, she allegedly created a shell company like the Bidens. Child Health and Youth Lifelong Development, uh, which she developed, used to uh, collect from the 4-H Military Partnership Grant. The firm, which was meant to help children of Army personnel, allegedly never did anything. Just received lots of grants, like Black Lives Matter. Didn't do a damn thing for the black community, but it did buy them a couple real nice mansions for Patrice Cullors and the other people associated with it. So without examination, for six years, she stole lots and lots of money. She bought 80 vehicles, 31 properties. Wow. I mean, Joe Biden paid uh, cash for a $2.5 million place in Delaware. I wonder where he got that money. Oh, yeah, China. She uh, had a $130,000 a year government salary, kind of like Joe Biden, right? $170,000 as a senator and then as president, $400,000. She reportedly uh, reported that her company earned a profit of $483 on revenue of $2,152 for dollars for training consultants in 2017. Since then, she hasn't filed any returns. She regularly fired, uh, filed fraudulent paperwork and deposited grants into her fake business uh, 40 times, like Hunter Biden. Transaction details, details show she allegedly uh, wire transferred 264000 from account to buy or sell a 2023 Land, Land Rover Range Rover. Land Rover Range Rover? Uh, last year, yeah. Hunter got uh, just the exact amount of money he needed for a $150,000 Porsche wired to him. Yeah, by one of his, uh, one of his uh, associates, the overseas associates. 78 luxury cars. 31 real estate properties, mansions worth over 3 million bucks. Documents showed she had six bank accounts uh, with a minimum of $30,000 in each, and uh, she's been charged with 10 counts. That's pretty amazing. That's how much our military, that's how much our government pays attention. Well, how much our government uh, pays attention to that sort of stuff. Um, I don't really have time. I don't have time to get to Lloyd Dobler, Benson. I know uh, Austin. I'll do that after the bottom of the hour. We we are we do have a special guest coming up. Ken Chandler. He publishes this magazine. It's called Newsmax Magazine. Now you're thinking, oh, Newsmax Magazine. No, it's a damn good magazine. They do some really really good investigative work. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I don't get magazines anymore. I get the Newsmax Magazine. It's fascinating. Uh, but before I go to back, World Economic Forum released their uh, word of the year. You want to know what it was? Disinformation. 
going into an election year in America, they decide that disinformation is the uh, is the word of the year from the World Economic Forum. You know what that is? That's where that's their way of saying, "Hey, man!" Like the like the Biden campaign did to the FBI. You better be careful. There's a lot of disinformation around there. So if something's labeled disinformation, you shouldn't believe it because it's actually the truth. Shh. Yeah, World Economic Forum. What a joke. Let's take a break and come back. Ken Chandler right around the corner. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. we got a special guest, Ken Chandler, Newsmax, coming up in one second. I do want to mention that today you should take the time to uh, uh, get your emergency medical kit from the wellness company if you've been putting it off. Uh, you know, Have you noticed there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of upper respiratory stuff going on? Uh, my daughter's got it. My son had it. If you watch, like Greg Kelly, the other in the Newsmax, is like, Hello and welcome to the Greg Kelly Show. It's still great content. But there's a lot of stuff going on. We're having a, a pretty severe winter, depending on where you are, just some wild weather, and that can mess with your health. And you combine that with the fact that now it's a, a you know an election year, and we had uh, supply chain problems. And then, of course, you've got pharmacies closing across the country for a number of reasons. And uh, the wellness company, Dr. Peter McCullough, one of the most censored uh, doctors in history by the federal government, decided to create the wellness company and get the emergency medicine you will need in case of an emergency. Yeah. So I've got mine here. It's got ivermectin, uh, ivermectin hydroxychloroquine. Those are the prophylaxis that people use for uh, COVID. I had to go to Florida when I had COVID to get it. And, uh, and, and it was to me, it was a little bit late. If I would have started very early, I wouldn't have the symptoms that I had. That's been proven. Just look at Uttar Pradesh, the largest uh, province in India where they wiped out COVID using it. But there's ZPAC, there's amoxicillin, there's all these things in this, and you can just have it in case your pharmacy uh, goes out of business or in case there's a supply chain breakthrough or national emergency, whatever. Here's where you get this kit. Just go to twc.health slash Carson. That'll save you 10%. All right, twc.health slash Carson. What if you get snowed in? What if you get stuck? If you've got jumper cables for your car, if you've got extra water in case you, your, your water goes out, if you've got extra food, what about your meds? What's more important? twc.health slash Carson, twc.health slash Carson, publisher of Newsmax Magazine, Mr. Ken Chandler joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. How are you today, sir? Hey, I'm great, thank you, and uh, thank you very much for having me on the air. Well, I was curious to talk to you. I, I get my magazine every month, and I and I appreciate it because I don't I don't read magazines, but I look forward to this magazine because it harkens back to the days when. You know, getting a magazine meant something, and you guys are doing deep dives. Your uh, the latest issue I have, the targeting of Justice Thomas, I think is is uh, wonderful. There's a lot of terrific articles in here. Uh, I'm looking at, uh, uh, let's see, uh, like I just I just added here. Um, oh yeah, skyrocketing mortgage uh, rates are driving home buyers out of the market. Uh, Forty five billion dollars of your tax money goes to wealthy elite colleges. Biden FCC moves to impose woke controls on the internet that's only 10 pages deep in this episode in this issue uh and, and just tell me about 
putting together a magazine like this in today's publishing environment, how, how is that? And how are you able to dig as deep as you guys do and cover all you guys do? Well, you know, we are one of the big success stories in magazines these days. I mean, you hear that uh, magazines are going out of business, print is going out of business. Well, it's not quite true because uh, Newsmax magazine has been growing uh, year by year. We now have uh, about 750,000 readers every month, uh, which is extraordinary in this day and age. Um, and, you know, we're a monthly magazine. Uh, people pay to subscribe to it. And, you know, we try and uh, examine issues uh, and events um, from, from a, a different perspective. I mean, you know, most of the media is liberal uh, or woke. Uh, that's probably why the media is failing, why it's doing so badly. Uh, but you know, we we come at uh, we come at things from a different angle. You know, we're, we're interested in the conservative uh, perspective on things, um, and you know, we we look for stories that we think will be of interest to our audience, um, and our audience is for the most part conservative. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at this uh, this this piece here that is highlighted in this the second lynching of of Clarence Thomas. This is about a ten page deep dive into what the media is doing to him, and and I just think it's it's refreshing. I remember when I when I first got into broadcasting, Ken, uh, you know, back in the early '90s, um, I used to go and and I had a number of magazines that I would go to. Uh, and they were they were absolute requirements. I mean, I used to cut pages out of them and photocopy them and and use them and keep them and 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 they were they were really really uh, necessary. I, I just I, I find it refreshing that you guys are are going strong while so many have failed. I mean, Ken, you may remember what happened in Newsweek uh, Newsweek magazine about a decade ago. They sold it for two dollars. Do you yeah, remember? Right. <laughs> they sold the that's dang right. magazine for two dollars. I know. Well, you know, this Clarence Thomas story is a great example of a story that you won't read anywhere else. No, you um, won't. You know, the headline, the headline we, we use on it, the second lynching of Clarence Thomas. And, uh, you know, the fact is that Justice Thomas is probably one of the most impressive and most qualified justices that's ever sat on the Supreme Court. But ever since uh, his confirmation back in 1991, um, he's been under the terrible attack from the left that's been just relentless. Uh, it, it, it's been personal. Um, it's even been racist. I mean, in this oh, yeah. story, you know, we describe how, you know, leading Democrats in Congress have referred to Justice Thomas as a House Negro, uh, yeah. referred to him as an Uncle Tom, I mean, he's been depicted in the mainstream media cartoons as a shoeshine boy or a lawn jockey. Oh, I mean, wow. this stuff is totally unacceptable, right? And it would yeah. be unacceptable if, if, uh, if Republicans were doing it to Democrats. It's unacceptable in any circumstance. But, but, you know, you don't hear a peep from the left-wing media about this. And, you know, Thomas, you know, the problem with for Justice Thomas is that the traditional mainstream black leadership cannot get their arms around the fact that Thomas is a black conservative. 
and yes. they just can't cannot deal with it. It just yeah. them, you know it, it drives them crazy. And you know I, I've been in the, uh, the the media business now for many more decades than I care to remember. Yes, and I don't think I've seen so much hypocrisy or a bigger double standard than than in the case of Justice Thomas. I mean, it's just unbelievable well i think it's um it's refreshing to to be able to have a magazine because magazines aren't cancelable online like you know you you know ken i mean you are a champion of of the first amendment uh when you look at what the federal government did to censorship of speech uh, and then also you combine it with these uh, NGOs that literally have gone after companies to keep advertisers from advertising. Um, tell us about your experience, uh, you know, a longtime media member, and what has happened the last couple of three, year, three years uh, with regard to the federal government. How, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And, and how well, have you let, been let able me, to get past let, this? Go ahead. Yeah, so let me, let me explain. One of, the, one of the strengths of Newsmax magazine um, is the fact that we are a subscription magazine. We're, we're not uh, available on newsstands very much. Uh, we have a few newsstand sales, but it's, it, 99% of our distribution is through people subscribing and having the magazine mailed to their house. So, you know, we're, we're really not affected by advertising because the bulk of our revenue comes from the subscriptions. So, honestly, it's nice to have advertising, but I couldn't care less what the advertisers think. And, and you know, and we're, we're unafraid um, and we're independent and we can do our own thing without having to look over our shoulder and say, OK, if we run this story, uh, is it going to upset some advertiser? Are we going to lose revenue? Because fortunately, in our case, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, amazing. But I've never seen anything like the assault that we've experienced. And, and I'm hoping that this will turn around. Uh, you know what I was thinking, though, Ken? Uh, you know, if you want to move some magazines, have you guys considered doing a political swimsuit issue? Uh, you know, I'm thinking there, there's uh, Matt Gates. He's pretty young, pretty good looking guy. Maybe Rob Finnerty. I know Rob Finnerty at Newsmax. Pretty young guy looking. Rob Schmidt, dude. Ken, what do I Rob, do? Are you volunteering? No, no, no. I'm not volunteering for the issue. I want to be the centerfold, Ken. Ken, I want to do a tasteful centerfold for your magazine. I've lost a lot of weight. I mean, I met you a few times, Ken. But you'd be like, damn, Rob, you look good. You, you look. <laughs> <laughs> you look really good. Let me let me ask you this uh, before we and you know obviously a feature article on Rob Carson, the miracle of talk radio, would be perfect for your magazine. I'm just not offering suggestions. It's just what I've heard from other people. Um, <laughs> Ken, Ken, how do we? Uh, <laughs> um, how how uh, how do people get a hold of the mag? And, and I think I think you should have it honestly. You give it as a gift or whatever. Because I, like I said, I, and I'm not saying this. I, I mean, I have a TV show on Newsmax. I'm an independent contractor. Okay, that's what I. I do. Right. But it's been right. a long time since I've looked forward to getting a magazine. And, and I'm right. being completely honest with you. I enjoy it. It's a good read. I enjoy having it. But, but how, do people, how do people get the magazine delivered to their home? You know, it's very, very simple. All you do is go to Newsmax.com. And there's a link on the homepage, on the right-hand side of the homepage. Click on there, and you can get your subscription. It, it's All that right. easy. 
Well, Ken, I, I really appreciate you joining me on the show today. And keep in mind that swimsuit issue. I'm serious. I'm, I'll, talk to, uh, I'll talk to Schmidt about it. I'll, or maybe okay. you could just do, you could do, oh, no, no. How about just a, how about this issue on the best hair in conservative media and have Rob Schmidt oh. on the cover? Yes. Well, those guys have all got good hair. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ken, have a glorious day. It was really nice to talk to you today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Very good. Very good. And, you know, honestly, it, it, I invited Ken on the show. All right. I'm going to tell you. All right. It, nobody told me, you got to get Ken on the show. I invited Ken on the show because I like the magazine. It's just, it's just good to have. It's just good to have. Uh, what am I going to do now? You know, I, I think I want to pay a play, uh, do a little, uh, like I always do, do a... Uh, a uh, what is it? A uh, a palate cleanser, a palate cleanser. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Jim Gossett came up with a new song that I want to play uh, because we haven't had one officially. This is about uh, higher education and the uh, and the Ivy League, which I call the Poison Ivy League. Here is Jim Gossett with his new song about that. The Ivy League schools, da, 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 da. they become tools. Da, da, da. Left-wing academics da, 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 da. And the anti-Semitic too Poison Ivy Poison Ivy Harvard and Penn No one can defend what they do Should not be tax-exempt Cause they've shown contempt for her monster tractors <laughs> And that should be a factor too Poison Ivy Poison Ivy Princeton and Cornell putting Jewish kids through hell is what they do There you go. That's brand new from uh, Jim Gossett. I haven't talked about uh, Lloyd Dobler, Lloyd Benson, uh, <laughs> Our defense secretary, who uh, who just managed to be uh, sick for four days in intensive care and didn't tell anybody about it. And there are people who are calling for his removal, and I concur. Here is uh, John Kirby being asked about it yesterday. Earlier in this briefing, you said he's an essential member of the administration. But if he can disappear for four days without anybody noticing or really even seeming to wonder where he is, how essential is he? I think I answered this question yesterday with Mr. Ducey here. You know when they do that, when you have a snow day or whatever, and they say only essential employees? Well, apparently our government doesn't think the defense secretary is one of them. I'll, I'll give you the abridged version. Uh, when uh, the, the military operations that have been conducted over the, over the last week or so, uh, many of those, uh, Secretary Austin was a, a key member of briefing the president and uh, right in the middle of determining the options that the commander in chief ultimately decided to do. Um, how do you, uh, I'm just going to ask you, how do you parents of uh, soldiers feel about that? You, you cool with that? <laughs> you, are you cool with the, uh, the Secretary of Defense? being incognito and incommunicado for four days. Going back to Selena's question about Secretary Austin, I think what she was getting at, it seems, is that there's a big difference when Jay Sullivan was informed by the Pentagon um, in whether he was told when he asked about a Secretary Austin's condition, uh, we don't know because we haven't been told by the Secretary versus 
uh, we know, but we're not going to share that with you, or we've not been authorized to share that with you. So, so the question is, which one was it? Did, did Pentagon officials decline to share information they knew with the National Security Advisor, or did they just not have the information themselves? I, I would put it this way. Once we found out he was in the hospital, we certainly asked all the questions you would think we would ask to try to ascertain. Okay, here's the problem with that. They found out he was in the hospital. Yeah. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. So a uh, new survey shows that despite the federal government constantly reminding you that the world is ending because of global cooling, climate change, ozone hole, murder, hornets, what else have we been told is going to destroy acid rain? 50 years of panic mongering, and there's no real proof. But there was a 0.01 degree increase in the temperature worldwide last year. Really? Really? Well, the uh, polar ice is uh, thicker than it's ever been, About even thicker than most Democrats' heads. That's how thick it is. It's crazy. It's thicker than Kamala Harris's skull. That's how thick the ice is on the polar ice caps. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's a new a new poll out about, uh, you know, what is important to people? MWR Strategies found that 59% of respondents, when they were asked about uh, signature issues that really concerned them, 59% said economy and inflation. I know, isn't that crazy? Okay. When asked how much money respondents would be willing to pay to fight climate change, the median answer, the median answer to fight climate change. Are you ready? You better sit down for this. $10. (laughs) All you need is another $69,990 to buy an EV. There you go. Uh, 35% of all respondents and 17% of Democrats surveyed they would not want to pay anything. But the overall number of people who consider it a major issue, about 3% of us think that climate change, you know why? Because people are getting it now. They're understanding that the elites who, uh, who say that climate change is a major issue all live in mansions and fly in private jets. And they all live seashore because we all want to live at the seashore because it's beautiful. Living by the ocean's amazing. John Kerry's the climate czar. He's got a seaside mansion. All right? Uh, uh, Al Gore, seaside mansions. He's got he's got uh, mansions that have the carbon footprint of fifty American homes. They all fly to Davos in private jets. See, they did the same crap with COVID. They said you got to wear a mask and you got to stay home and you can't go to work. And yet Gavin Newsom went to dinner at the French Laundry without a mask on. Nancy Pelosi had her hair done while she shut down every beauty salon in California. Anthony Fauci went to an empty stadium baseball game throughout the first pitch of the Nationals game in the height of the pandemic without a mask on. Do you get it yet? Do you understand they don't believe the crap that they're, that they're sending your way, that you're making you live by? Do you not understand that? I, I know you do. People are. That's why nobody cares about climate change. It's a joke. And by the way, if it were such a big deal, why are trillions of dollars being invested around the world for resorts and homes on the seaside? Why are they not relocating to places like Iowa? Because it's all a big lie. 
Yeah. Let's take a break and come back and wrap up this edition of the Rob Carson Show back in a few. That's going to do it for the show, guys. Thank you for joining me. I uh, I do this for you, and I and I hope that I am uh, making you happy with it. How's that sound? Uh, have a wonderful day. God bless you, Israel, America, and until tomorrow, which is Friday. Don't catch the stupid. I'll see you then, guys.